I'm here today with Darius Narell, who is going to pick one of the questions from the list of questions about work. So Darius, welcome to the show. Thank you. What question have you picked? The one that jumped out for me was, what is the opposite of work? Why did that, why did that jump out? What was the... Uh, because it goes to me to the heart of what we consider work to be. So I love it as a kind of pattern interrupt of... It's such a deep assumption that we must work or should be working or that work is a thing that we do by looking at or even just asking the question, so, okay, what's the opposite of it then? For me, is a great entry point into, well, you know, what, what is work? What is, I've got to figure out what work is to figure out what the opposite is. So I love that yeah, as an entry point into, mm, into that. Mm. And another, I guess another angle I come at is the assumption that there will always be work as we kind of hold, you know, whatever we hold the common idea of what work is, just that one of, one of the views I have is that in, in, at some point in the future, most of what we know of as work won't exist. Mm-hmm. So what will we be doing with our time then? So, so, from, so, so be good to figure out what the opposite of work is then or something that's different from work um, and also may give us a whole new perspective now on what work is. Mm. What's the closest you can get to right now on the spot if you had to say what is the opposite of work? Um, you go first. <laughs> no. I'll tell you what I think. Well, could we go to what is work and then... Yeah, okay. You, yeah, yeah, let's, 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 let's talk <laughs> around that. Give us a little bit of room. Yeah. So, so in the most generic sense, it, I'm going to define it as something we're putting our energy, effort, attention kind of deliberately onto. So I, I know that covers a lot of stuff, but that for me would be a an all-encompassing definition of, okay, that's what work is for me. Yeah, I mean, it's a similar thing for me. You know, it's kind of... It's not in a traditional sense of work as in something I go out and do as a nine to five thing. Um, My work seems to pop up at, 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 you know, every moment of my day, really. Um, And I guess because I'm thinking about work all the time and studying work. Um, I used to uh, I used to run a company and we used to say that we would only work four days a week and the other day we could do whatever we wanted. And. Like even saying it now seems so naive and so kind of because that fifth day was never not about work. Mm. Um, It was working on other projects. It was working on personal stuff and and work always crept in. And so those boundaries are just very unclear. Um, But yeah, work is work is a positive thing for me. Doing that stuff is a positive thing for me. Does that get us any closer to the opposite? Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of half struck by a different question, which is when you ask someone to be to, to tense their muscles up, they know what to do, right? They, they contract their muscles. And then, so that might, let's say that's work. I'm not saying it is work, but let's imagine that's work. And then they, you say, okay, what's the opposite of that? Can you relax? And, and most people kind of slump when they're kind of, okay, that's what relaxing is. That's what not working is, or that's what not tensing my muscles is. Whereas actually there's a whole different mode of relaxation, which is, okay, what, what does it mean to extend my muscles? Well, if I'm slumping, I can't, you know, that's not happening. You know, so rather than just be at the effect of gravity, which is kind of, okay, I won't, it's kind of, okay, and suddenly I'm standing in a different way and I'm standing taller and my muscles are elongated. And, and that's a whole different poise and posture. And so, so likewise, I think with work, we could either go to just kind of vegging out, numbing out, whatever, in all the different wonderful ways that we've created to be able to do that. 
or there may be a much more kind of elegant repose that we can adopt where we're still engaging but in a different in a different way maybe maybe it's some stillness or reflection or and that might be with others or mm -hmm. um, I was also thinking about family because that's often such a kind of framed as such an opposite to work um, and yet with the definition that we've both given actually we could easily say no that's work too in the sense of yeah really being present and connected to my wife my children is you know that that's deliberate a deliberate way of being I can also be with them in a way that's not that and just kind of mm -hmm. in sort of default mode so I don't know what it is but I'm reaching for that equivalent of standing tall in a relaxed mode as a way of being Mm, mm. Um, I think that's a really nice analogy. For me, it really is about getting, and this, this sounds like I don't enjoy my work, because I, I do, but it, it's about getting away from that, that kind of feeling of working. And, and for me, that's normally about being outside somewhere. Um, that, for me, is the opposite of work. It's being outdoors and being up a hill somewhere and not having to think about rushing home to answer an email or to, to deal with a piece of work. Mm. Um, it, it's about breathing fresh air and, and I guess you know that that's because my work normally is indoors and not and so it's easy it's a very easy opposite um, to describe um, but I do the vegging out as well mm. you know that that feels like a necessity for me sometimes on a Sunday afternoon when mm. you know I'm thinking about my week ahead and I just want to lay on the sofa and, and not really think about anything but I wonder so the opposite of work the, um, what, the, what that just brought up in me was a feeling of guilt and that I often feel guilty when I'm doing that, that I could be using my time better. Mm. Um, I wonder how you feel about that. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great, yeah, great question. So, two, two, so another thought came for me and then I'll, let me come to what you were saying as well. So one is, so maybe it's an and to what I was saying, which is, uh, so a phrase I go to a lot is, is uh, about creating extraordinary value with integrity. So there's something about work being about creating something that's of value. Again, however that might be defined or determined, but that there is a kind of an intent to be of service and be of value in the world. And, and the sort of equivalent, I think, of what you were saying is, what does it mean to spend our time well? And again, that could be doing a variety of different things, whether that's with a client or with family or cooking a meal, you know, they, they, all of those might meet that definition. Or doing nothing. I could spend my time well doing nothing. And definitely the counterpoint when I, when I reflect on a, a, a day or an hour or a week or a month and have the sense that I haven't done that or, or can really see that I haven't done that. Yeah, I'm, I'm left feeling short of, yeah, I, I, I didn't do the best of what I knew to do. And that creates yeah, a sense, you know, or it is a lack of fulfillment, a sense of lack of fulfillment and um, uh, a kind of re, a reconnecting to, a re-aspiring to, yeah, that, that, this, that is the single most important thing for me to spend my time well. And to do that, I've got to clear, get clear on what that means for me and then organise and structure my life in a way that that gets supported because um, there's many things I do which which if I'm not careful, don't support it. One of which is I find lots of really interesting things that, 
that that meet that definition, and then I and then I've ended up with too many conversations at the same time or too many projects at the same time that I can't commit to at the level that I would like to to have extraordinary results happen, which is which is something that's important to me. Mm-hmm. And going back to the guilt. Thing. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure it's guilt. I mean, yeah, for me, it's less less guilt than just lack of fulfilment or a sense of I did less than I was capable of, and it's not a pleasant feeling that arises in that in that sort of sitting with. Yeah, I, I I didn't do all that I could do, and correspondingly, when I when I am in those phases or zones, it feels brilliant to know. Yeah, I did what what I had to do, um, and it doesn't mean it was perfect, but it I gave all of myself appropriately to what it was that I was engaged in. There was something you said um, kind of at the start um, about the kind of alluding to the future of work mm. and that things are going to be changing and work is going to be, is not going to exist in the way that it exists for us right now mm. in a, maybe a few decades time. And that made me think about like the opposite of work and how as a species we deal with not engaging in labour of some sort when there isn't as much of a need for it. Mm. So yeah, so here's a, here's a, a sort of a thought experiment. So I, I, one of the things I do from time to time is, is work with young people and so there's a huge amount of effort and intent around okay, preparing young people for the world of work. And so the question I posed is, well, what if what we really need to be doing is preparing people for the world of not work? What if we get to a point as a civilization where our needs are taken care of, that, that somehow you know, food arrives, we have shelter, all of those, you know, let's imagine all of those basic things, we've organized ourselves and we've harnessed solar power and we've got, you know, whatever it, whatever is happening, that, that we don't actually need to work anymore. What then do we do? Well, you know, what, what's going to lead to our happiness? Like, do we really know how to do that? So we, we've kind of got some ideas, like when we're, when we're sort of engaged most of the time in something that, quotes, isn't making us happy or isn't, you know, primarily, let's say, about making us happy, which is, I'm using very, very traditional models of work. Like, what, how do we know how to spend our time on an ongoing basis, month after month, year after year, if we're not working in a way that would actually have us feel like, oh, I spent my time well. Like, what would we be doing if we weren't working that would give us that sense of spending our time well? Yeah, and I think you're, you're right in saying that that goes right back to education and how we're preparing kind of future generations to live on this planet. Um, and at the moment, personally, it feels that that is all about just working. Mm. Yeah, that, that's, that's... It seems like that's the primary mode of engagement um, rather than it being a byproduct of healthy, happy humans who are going, you know, of their own volition towards something, we're coming from a, a place of contraction of well, you you have to do something, and you need to do something, and you have to earn money, and therefore, you know, that sets up all sorts of resistance. You know, so so you, you look at I'm talking about we're going to education a little bit now, but you look at the potential of people going through school and you know what actually happens to people is like it seems like it falls so far short and there's so little engagement by most students 
and pupils in what's being taught, which actually I think is quite normal. It's like, yeah, why, why would you be interested in all of that stuff? Why would you choose to do that stuff? And even if you did, why would you choose to study it when you don't know why you're studying it? Like these, you know, these are all fun, very, very basic things that if they're not in place means that, you know, what actually gets received by people is a fraction of what it could be. This, this subject came up in one of the other shows um, with James Box. We were talking about purpose and I kind of asked him why it seems to be that most people that talk about purpose or finding purpose or understanding or having a job or work that they love, it takes them to their 30s or 40s mm. to start having that kind of realisation or to start seeking that out. And that if we're to create a better kind of world and, and with, with more well-being in it, we need to work out how to inspire younger people to start mm. having those realizations before they get to their 30s. And, and what is lacking from parenting or schools that is stopping that from happening? So poss possibly, and, and to offer a, a, a different perspective, what if it was okay for it to take 20 years? And we could just take the pressure off people and say, okay, the first 20 years you're kind of spending a lot or most of your time in, in some kind of education. The next 20 years is just kind of your apprenticeship, really, of just getting stuck into some things. And then that's, you know, and then let's say we're going to, you know, extend working till 80. So then you've got 40 years to then master whatever it is you're engaged with. And you know, as we as we have longer, healthier lives, um, certainly the vision for myself is I, I you know, I want to do what's important to me, and I, I want to, you know, I'm, I want to be working in the way that I'm holding what work is. I mean, maybe all my life actually, but yeah, certainly, kind of into my eighties, I would. I, that's I mean, I'm not looking to kind of stop working at some point soon. I I want to do the highest quality work I know how to do and, and to be able to do that for a long time. And, and, you know, we're quick to want lots of things. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased to be in a kind of channel that feels really meaningful to me. And I felt close to it for the first 20 years. Um, but it was still in a... a, a, a experimenting, exploring, okay, so what really is it for me? What really is it for me? And of course it changes also. Um, so yeah, to be in my forties and feel like, yeah, great. I'm happy I've got it now and not a decade or two or three or four or never, mm -hmm. right? Which is, you know, the experience I have of working with different people is, is that many people don't find what it is that was there for them to find. So when you're working with young people, what is their kind of definition of work? Is that, does that come up? Is that stuff you talk to them about? And do, do you think mm. they understand what the opposite of work is? Yeah, it's a great question. My mind goes all over the place with that question. So I think there's, there's so much blurring of boundaries with technology. So the first, their start point might be, well, I'm going to have my phone with me, right? So, that, so even when I'm working, I'm still going to be on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, or Twitter or whatever else it might be. Or then I say, yeah, that, I'm working when I'm doing that. You know, that's me building my you know, social capital or whatever it is. So um, I think the first thing is much, many, much, much more blurring of boundaries. 
I think people are so unknowing of what it is. It's still this kind of mystery thing of like what what are, what are jobs actually like and so on. That it's a it's a huge it's a huge learning process to understand. And I and also it's kind of like why would you do that? I think there's a lot of kind of okay, well that's the way things are structured. I'll I'll kind of join in too. And of course, there's much more. You know, depending on the profession or the career path or the type of job, there's much many more ways to engage in work. So some opportunities are much more flexible and much more. You know, much less formal and less structured. I think, I mean, again, this is kind of generalizing, but having, having done a fair amount, I think, I think a lot of, you know, if we go back to this kind of broadest definition of how we were holding work to be and what it means then to be good at work and what, what, what are the ingredients that you need. So I could talk about some of the principles that I use in the work I do, but an extra piece is around really apply yourself to something. So once you've found that thing which is important to you and you've got clear on the steps, it's really putting in the effort, attention that's going to be needed to really grow, learn, progress, produce, create value, get value. And sadly, I think for most people that I, that I come across, that, that ha- they, they've never had an experience of being fully committed to something. Um, and partly that's because they haven't found something that's worth fully committing to. But nonetheless, okay, well, you might not have found that because you haven't fully committed to something. So it kind of becomes a, you know, an intertwined thing. But that's, that's an ingredient which I think if people could get there an experience of, then it's going to set them up much better, whatever, they, whatever it is they do. So there's a kind of, yeah, whatever you're doing, give it, give it everything. If, you know, and, and, and then the, the learning and perspective taking and the reflection that can happen is so much more valuable because you've, you've left nothing on the table. So yeah, great. I gave every to this. This is how I feel at the end of it. This is what I created. Okay. Do I want to do more of that or not? No. Great. That's, that's really useful information to know. No, it's, it's very helpful. Right. So what have I, what can I take away from that that I want to do more of? Okay, well, is there a different way I can do that? Great, let's, let's explore this now. And so it becomes a pro- you know, process of exploration. And critically, if I am bringing myself fully, then the people around me will notice. And, and my experience is that that, that smooths, it, smooths the path to any kind of future connections or, or, you know, people say, hey, why don't you go and speak to that person? They've got something. I think you're really, you know, and suddenly your, your path seems to accelerate and people beside you are like, how come they get all these lucky breaks? Or how come this happens? And it's because they're giving everything. And, and, and that gets noticed because it's rare. And even if it wasn't rare, it's really fulfilling to be around people that are giving everything. It's a natural kind of opening of people's you know, hearts, minds, books of, great, how can I support this person? Because they look like they're on a mission. It's quite nice. I mean, I don't know if this goes goes back to what you were saying about the kind of tensing, slumping, or standing in a, in a kind of good way, and giving that opposite of work your everything as mm. well. Yeah. Um, and that maybe is a you know a, a, a nice way of describing the stuff that you're not doing that isn't work. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that that and it's sort of it's almost paradoxical. How do we give everything to? The nothing or the not doing, and yet, again, in my experience, that's a cri- that's a critical skill, and and like, how do we do that? You know, it takes practice and it takes it takes playing with because it's it's certainly for me there was lots of habits that were 
or, or just, just deeply ingrained of, okay, relaxing means this, or not working means this, rather than, yeah, finding new ways to bring myself to something that isn't work and isn't the kind of switching off. And I, I'm guessing, I mean, I, I speak for myself, but I, I get the impression you might feel the same, that knowing that I've put my all into both areas of, the, of, of my life in that way pays dividends to each other. You know, if I, if I put my all into mm. that opposite of work, if I have an amazing time up a mountain or I come back to the work part of my life feeling kind of um, inspired and refreshed and, um, you know, finding new ideas um, and, and it works the other way around. If I'm enjoying my work and it's going well and I'm putting my all into it, the time that I'm laying on the sofa or up a mountain is, is good. Mm. Yeah, it goes, it goes back to what we understand actually helps us recover or nourish us or replenish us. And so there's a kind of a switching off model, which is, a, you know, kind of a, a shutting down and doing nothing. And then there's another model, which is an active recovery. And whether that's physically active you know, recovery, which is you know, very present in the science of sports or and or mental, mentally, you know, what does it mean to replenish our mental reserves in an active way rather than, uh, okay, I'll switch this film on or I'll do whatever else is I might do. And so that at first might seem like effortful to be then, okay, I've got to be thinking about it, but actually it may pay much bigger dividends and be much more nourishing exactly what you say. So that when I then come back into whatever it is I'm considering work, I can then, I'm enhancing my ability to do that rather than kind of trying to pick up where I left off last time. Mm-hmm. So I want to end on um, just a, a chat around what your work actually is. Mm. Um, we've kind of danced around it a little bit. Yes. And, um, but how, how do you describe your work and what you do? So, I mean, the, the doing of it is relatively straightforward to describe in terms of or at least the people I do it with. So I'm mostly working with, with leaders and senior leadership teams um, and typically there'll be something that's happening that they would like to be different in their business or in their organization. And so I'm then engaging in that kind of sort of following that and to, okay, so let's, let's, how does that feel to you kind of individually? Like what's happening for you when, when you have that gap between how you want things to be and how they actually are. Mm-hmm. And so it's going into the kind of the, the people. So I kind of, you know, companies are a construct. They're, they're a kind of shared construct, and so they, they're kind of real as long as we all believe in them. The people feel more real to me. So it's, it's getting to that human personal level of, okay, so what actually, what, what is your intent here? Why are you even here? And why are your teammates here? Or your, and what is it you want to do together? What is actually happening? And how can we get accurate about that and what insights then follow? And how can we then reframe all of the different things that you're doing and the resources you have to create a better outcome that's that's more aligned to the intent that you have. So that's that's kind of where I spend most of my time. I do do the time, you know, do 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 the work with young people as well as I mentioned, kind of helping paint a vision for them, um, or helping them paint a vision for themselves of what you know the three dimensions of, of values, brilliance, and purpose. So looking at helping them get clear on what's important to them. What they're, what they're great at and how to articulate it 
and what they want to use their talent in service of. And those, those three underpinnings then enable them to engage in the world in a much more powerful and, and get received much more powerfully. So, so the, and, and from a place of confidence rather than a sense of, oh, is what I'm doing of any use? It's kind of like, look, here's what I've got to offer. Is this useful for you now? Is there a different way I could offer it that would be great? Okay, let me find a different place to do that then. Or yes, let's do that here. Um, so my work is in a way all about other people's working days, lives, and uh, enabling them to have spent their time well, and to have had, or uh, yeah, well and better than they might otherwise have done. Thank you, thank you. And that's a really nice way, I think, to end this very short interview. Thank you, Darius, for your time. Thank you, I love that you're doing this, and uh, I look forward to hearing some of you.